Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. I haven't disappeared this time, so that's a good thing, a good step in the right direction. Uh, my name is Jeff Franklin, National Accounts Manager with Hitware USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks. But before we get to them, I've got to tell you, this awesome broadcast that you're about to hear, uh, honestly, your, your, your mind is, is going to be opened up. Uh, mm. Jeremy Picker, our special guest this week, is, is really going to share some knowledge uh, with us about something that's very uh, foreign and unknown uh, to a lot of folks out there. But this awesome broadcast is brought to you by Tervis. Uh, look, they've been around since 1946, and they started uh, they celebrating 75 years in business. They started with their classic line. They've got sleek styles that make perfect for the active and on-the-go lifestyle. Uh, Tervis is the original double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps cold drinks cold and reduces condensation, and it's backed by a made-for-life guarantee. Tervis is the original customizable double-wall insulated drinkware that keeps hot drinks hot and cold drinks cold. Available in several sizes, including a 16-ounce mug, 16-ounce or 24-ounce tumbler, and a 24-ounce water bottle. Made from Triton plastic, made in America, dishwasher uh, and microwave safe, and they're also BPA-free. So go check them out at tervispromos.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Meg, why don't you model that beautiful Tervis again for us? There we go. Go check it out. I'm pretty sure that's the 360 UV printing as well that they discussed. So uh, really awesome. Go check them out, peeps. All right. So uh, since we've already had you model something for us, Meg, why don't we say hello to you first? Hello. What a crazy week. I, I mean, it's don't been insane. I mean, every week's been insane, but um, something crazy, a little crazy happened to me this week. I guess I'll talk about it real quick because I'm like still blown away by it. So famous. Last so last Wednesday, um, after the show is over, my daughter had a half day. So burn some energy out, nap, you know, so I can get work done. So we took her down to the cul-de-sac, which is right there. And they were riding their bikes in the cul-de-sac. And one of the crazy neighbors came out like screaming and hollering and called the police. So I decided to record it and um I put it on TikTok and I woke up, I, put, I didn't even put it on TikTok until like Sunday morning. I was like, whatever, this is dumb. I put so much effort into my TikTok videos, y'all. So much effort. <laughs> and I'm like, eh. I woke up the next morning freaking out, like literally freaking out. I was texting Melissa Newman, what do I do? <laughs> so if you haven't, there's a, and I did do a follow-up because I didn't want that video to go viral. I was like, literally TikTok, you chose that. I put so much good out and so much positivity and that's the one you chose. Yep. So I did a, like a follow-up and tried to redirect people. And I'm just, it's really neat though, because the way TikTok works, it kind of trickles down and I'm getting the message out there about sleeping for good about this podcast. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's really cool. TikTok's really cool. You, yeah. you ended up on my for you page, Meg. That's a, that, how crazy is that? <laughs> uh, watch out, Charlie. What's her last name? anymore. It's Meg Herber now. Hey, Meg. So when is your, your next Dunkin' Donuts? Dance off. Yeah. When, 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 when is that happening? Can we, can we get the Dunkin' Donuts apparel line already started? We, we, we just did a, a fall trend to uh, Brooks and Dunn. You missed that. Nice. All right. <laughs> uh, onward and upward. Stephen McFadden, how are you doing? <laughs> Crazy, busy, but doing well. So, and yourself, Jeff, how about, how, how are you? Glad to hear it, man. I'm doing all right. Look, I didn't disappear this week, so things are already progressing. The rust has shaken off. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I'm excited about today's topic, though. We've got Jeremy Picker in here, a returning guest, uh, and we're going to talk about something completely different than the first time around. Um, and I think people are going to be excited because it's something that's sort of, um, you know, like I said, it's very foreign to a lot of people. Uh, we were talking sort of pre-show a little bit, uh, and you know, the topic we're going to talk about to say 1% of the people out there know what the hell is going on uh, would probably be uh, you know, generous. So uh, before we launch into the topic and talk about what we're going to talk about, uh, Jeremy Picker, why don't you say hello? You know, as you know, it's uh, customary around here to give folks a, a good three to four minutes to introduce yourself and tell people who yeah. you are and what you've been up to since. All right, I'm Jeremy Picker. I am owner and creative director at Amber Creative in Denver, Colorado. 
Um, I am a, I have a small boutique firm, I like to say. Part of it is I suck at scaling, but um, we are really focused on design and creative in the apparel and promotional product space. Um, I, I came from the apparel world and, you know, within the last four or five years, I've got into the promo space. Uh, it's been a game changer for my company. Just it allows us to be able to design full merchandise collections versus just one-off event t-shirts, with, which I, that's how I built the company. But I really like the whole clothing line or collection development uh, and using design to lead that uh, endeavor. So we, uh, the COVID has been uh, very, very kind and very mean to us. You know, we were having our best year ever, but I have my smallest team ever, you know, retaining staff has been a tough thing um, through all of this. Like I know a lot of people in our industry um, so it's been good to talk with other distributors about the problems that they're having because it's not just me. Um, you know, sometimes if you have a small business, you feel like you're on an island and uh, it's good to know that other people are dealing with those things. So I've been super quiet this summer on social. I've uh, been having some some tough things in my personal life I'm dealing with. And so I haven't felt inspired and I, I haven't felt uh, like I wanted to, to get out there and, and post, you know, so this is kind of my first, first one in a long time. So I appreciate you guys having me and excited to talk about a topic that I'm still green at, but I'm, I'm trying to learn more every day. Me and Meg have had conversations about it um, and how we can apply it to our industry and just what it is, you know looking at the tweet for this, uh, this chat, it talked about, is it the next big trend? And I think it, it's a lot more than that. It's not, it's not a fad. It's, it's really, once you comprehend the, the scope of not just NFTs, but blockchain and decentralization in general, it, it's really mind boggling of how it's going to lead us into like web three, they're calling it. Um, so NFTs are what's popular and, and, and upfront right now and has a lot of hype, but uh, there's a lot underneath it that is, is really game changing for the world really with commerce and communication and authenticity. Sure. Well, look, you've got some pretty big boots to fill because Meg's really set the stage and created an expectation here. So I expect to know what the hell I'm talking about and leave this conversation today being a millionaire because I've just got uh, kind of uh, understanding around non-fungible tokens, uh, which is the, the long form of NFTs. Uh, now, what the hell does that mean, Jeremy? Yeah, so basically it's, it's just a unique digital token it, it, it's like a certificate of, of authenticity that lives on the blockchain. So, you know, when, when there's uh, trademark or IP issues, there's a lot of gray area. The blockchain basically gives ownership and proof that you own X and non-fungible meaning it's, it's not tangible. It's a, it's a digital asset. So what everyone has seen with NFTs is people think, oh, it's just a JPEG or it's just, um, you know, a video, which that is how people are introducing it. But really, it's really to show authenticity of an asset. So there's, there's a digital wallet that can house all of your ownerships. So, you know, for, for what's going on now, I'm sure people have heard people that's the digital artist that sold for, what was it? Uh, 3 million or 60 million or something crazy like that. And really it, it is hype. Most people aren't going to get rich like he did. He was just at the right place at the right time. And he's been creating digital assets, but beforehand, the, the distribution of it is very um watered down like you would have to know who this guy is he would have to be vetted by the art community for mm -hmm. his skill set to fetch that type of money now 
with decentralization, the NFT really cuts out a lot of the middleman or woman and goes direct to the consumer. So instead of having to go through Christie's, which we can go into that Christie's is now auctioning off NFTs. But before, if you were an artist, you had to go through a gallery or broker to get your artwork, your physical artwork into the hands of people. Well, most artwork is on on walls, you know, in people's houses, you never see it. It's a lot of people will have it in vaults. Like, hey, I own a Van Gogh, but no one ever sees it. This is to kind of bring it out publicly to show I own this piece of artwork. Um, so I, I know I'm, I'm going to, in Meg, you can cut me off <laughs> whenever you want as far as if I'm going too deep too fast, but really before, it, it's real quick yeah, Jeremy, you know, before because I, I think people may be a little confused right off the bat and I want let's start yeah. off with your profile picture I think yes. people may be confused by that off the bat because let's start <laughs> you know I like hey sure. who's that cartoon so let's give a nod to where we kind of got hey Jeremy, hey Jeremy this idea from um and these are similar to yeah. what people would see and what they're called out there is what uh crypto punks which I assume yep. was all just everything that was like this was called a crypto punk and I didn't even know that so we've kind of renamed them promo punks as to have our own collection so what this is is the jpeg of Jeremy's face turned into a crypto punk or a an nft um you can stop me because that's yeah. all I really know, no. but it's, and we did one for the entire um, insider group and this is. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had a good automatic chat about like, well, CryptoPunk is IP from Larva Labs who created the CryptoPunks. So we, they would be able to prove that we cannot use that name for our NFT project. So CryptoPunks is one of the, the first mainstream, it, people have been doing it for years, but CryptoPunks is what is creating a lot of this hype around the NFT space. So CryptoPunks, everything, even though it's, you know, it's like 8-bit, there's 10,000 unique variants of their artwork, which are computer generated. So you, with your cryptocurrency, they are purchasing a CryptoPunk. So just like a baseball card, um, you know, just like collectible coins or artwork, people are using their digital currency to buy digital assets. So just like, you know, a, a Michael Jordan rookie card is worth, I don't know, $50,000, let's say, there's a very limited edition of them. And, you know, they rate them based on you know, the quality of them. Well, for CryptoPunks, it's one, each one is unique. Each one is one of one, one of one. So right now it's supply and demand. There's, there's 10,000 CryptoPunks, but let's say there's a hundred thousand people that want them. The price comes up for all of them because more people are wanting them. So really for CryptoPunks, it's more of a collectible project to say, just like I have my artwork in my digital wallet, I now have a digital asset that's one of one that's a collectible. So the collectible side and why we did this is just to kind of associate, you know, what people are seeing because on Twitter, you're seeing people that actually own CryptoPunks from Gary Vee to high profile, you know, athletes they're changing their profile pic to their crypto punk because it's kind of like showing off in a way. It's like saying, hey, I, I own this and I'm one of 10,000 people in the world that, that do. Did that, I, does I that two, make I more two sense? Questions. I, I, first of all, like, so you'd mentioned like a lot of people tend to think of this as just like a JPEG or a GIF or a meme or whatever. So yeah. how exactly is this different and why why would you why would somebody want to pay for one of these as opposed to using what's already out there that is free or has been free to use yeah i think the biggest thing that i'm coming to learn about the nft space is building community mm -hmm. you know there really is no value in the crypto punks 
except for the community that is saying that there is value in it. So cards. That's right. sort of what yes. my next question is who who then is the audience? Is it those people that collect baseball cards or collect Boyd's bears or uh, Longenberger baskets, like whatever it might be? I mean, is it that that audience, that type of person that just, you know, has the desire to just collect stuff? I think that's a small percentage. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think part of it is people that got into the crypto space early, their coins you know, let's say they put in 10 grand. Now their coins are worth a hundred thousand. Well, we're talking about like coders and people that like live in their, their mom's basement (laughs) that got in, not all of them, I'm just saying got in on the front lines. Now they have all this digital money that they can now show off in a way, flexing their muscle by buying these. Again, there's tens of thousands of projects out there most of them aren't going to be worth anything because at the end of the day, no matter what, building brand, building a community is what is going to keep things sustainable and collectible. Just like a baseball card is worth, what is it worth? 10 cents, really? You know, it's a piece of cardboard, but the marketplace, the supply and the demand, the exclusivity, the limited one of one or 10 of 10 creates the value you know, throughout the community. So with CryptoPunks, they are kind of bringing this to light, but then some other um, other projects, Gary Vaynerchuk started VFriends and mm. Gary V's project, people see his artwork and they're like, crap, that's not art. But it, what Gary V's doing, he's trying to show people, us business owners, people that aren't familiar with all of this he's trying to show them what's possible with (laughs) nfts because the jpeg is just the beginning there's so much underlying thing that you can attach to the jpeg and we were talking before about the metadata associated with the jpeg again just like you have a trademark or a patent it says what that is nft is that on the blockchain which can't be changed you know, it can't be manipulated. Um, you know, when there, when you go to court, it's a lot, there's less gray area. You either are the original owner or you're not. And you can approve that on the, prove that on the blockchain without all that litigation. So again, it's a, it's decentralizing the process of IP. And Jeremy, Jeremy I, oh, go ahead, Steve, go ahead. Yeah. Um, you mentioned kind of this being, it seems like the the NFT space, there's a few different avenues. There's like the collection side, which is, you know, a lot of the, the images, the memes and, and uh, the punks and all the different graphics that are for sale, like almost like art collection. Um, Gary V talked a lot about there's even projects and businesses and all sorts of other NFT opportunities and that he sees that as the future. I, I don't know exactly what that means, yeah. But is that is that essentially like where this is going, where you can have like digital property of a new venture kind of thing? Or do you have yeah. any thoughts on that? Or how, what, what is that exactly? Yeah. So, you know, the NF, the, the whole crypto space, you know, the, the crypto, the coins are tokens from the blockchains. So Ethereum is a code written on the blockchain. And then their coin is, it's called GUI, but people are just calling it ETH or Ethereum. And just like you have a $5 bill, you have a coin that's worth X based on what the marketplace says it is. So having the money, you know, you can use cash or credit to buy Ethereum. Some people are using, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, uh, Bitcoin farms, people are using yeah, ways build. to build coins from nothing, which there's a lot, a whole environmental aspect around that, but we, we don't necessarily need to get into that. Yeah. But for businesses, let's, let's give a, 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 an example of a move, uh, uh, not a movie, uh, a concert ticket. So right now you go to Live Nation you buy your ticket for the door, the doors, the, uh, the Rolling Stones, 
you get a physical ticket or your digital ticket that allows you to come into the space. Well, the Rolling Stones are only getting a fraction of that. They're getting a lot of it, but a fraction of that because Live Nation is taking money, the, the credit card processing companies taking money, and the venues taking money. Well, a, a way to correlate it is that instead of going to Live Nation and buying a ticket, the Rolling Stones, they have the community, they have the brand, so they can basically sell an NFT and for, for this conversation, it could just be the tongue that's 3D and spins. It's, it's just a vehicle to attach some physical things that are in the metadata. The metadata just being the information about the data of the NFT. It's, it's the, uh, the properties, the name, the description, what, what is given with that NFT. It could just be the JPEG or it could be a, an exclusive limited edition vinyl for those people who buy the, the NFT from Rolling Stones. They get a ticket into the concert. They get, uh, they get to get into the concert first. And so by doing that, the Rolling Stone is cutting out a, a lot of the middlemen and women <laughs> businesses that are taking part of their money that they don't need them in, in a decentralized, they can go direct to the consumer and they can build their own concerts directly to their consumers. So what Gary Vee is doing, he is saying, buy my NFT, you know, empathetic elephant. He's, he's creating these characters. So like Garbage Pell Kids, like Smurfs, like Voltron, he's trying to create his own IP. And that's just in the digital form. Underneath that, you get a free entrance into his conference. So mm -hmm. no one can go to his conference unless you own one of his NFTs. And right now, just to have one of his NFTs is, I think, $30,000, seven Ethereum or something. They start off, I think, at $2,000. And he, I know he's trying to show how each one is going to be worth $100,000. And it's yeah. like, if you can get in on this, when I launch it, then launch it, then you're... Then you're Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. everyone will make money just on reselling the NFT, but yeah. underneath that NFT, they're going to get a ticket to VCon. They are going to get uh, exclusive, you know, Zoom meetings with him and his community. For the more expensive ones, underneath that empathetic elephant, or um, I can't think of any more right now, but you are going to own that. So in your digital wallet, you're going to be part of the Gary V or the V friends community to show that you own one of his, his entities, but then some of them that he sold for, you're going to get one-on-one -on -one time with him. You get to go yard selling with him, or you get to go work out with him and his trainer. You can go to dinner with him. You have an intimate mastermind with him. So he's just showing that the NFT is just a vehicle, but he is now connecting to his audience who before he would have to go through someone else to process the tickets for the VCon, you know, to, to uh, brokers to book the talent. Now he can go direct, pay them in crypto and it goes straight to their, their wallet and he controls everything. He knows who can come in. He just now outsources companies to manage the event instead of having to go through Live Nation or the promoter to promote it where Gary Vee has a bigger community than the promoter does. Mm -hmm. so, so underneath that in our space, it could include, all right, I have an NFT of, well, with Meg, we're, we're doing Sleeping for Good. So we have this NFT. The NFT is really a vehicle to fundraise for NAMI, right? Correct. NAMI mm -hmm. Wake. So underneath that, if you buy the NFT, we can say, all right, you're going to get a limited edition t-shirt. You're going to get um, free logo JoJo coffee. You know, you're going to get X from SNS Afterwear, Activewear. And that is all written underneath in digital form underneath that <laughs> NFT. So it, it creates this community of exclusivity not just exclusivity, but knowing that, oh, 
if you find someone who likes Radiohead or if I find someone that likes Radiohead, there's that instant bond and we have something to talk about. This is the same thing, but just in the metaverse, you know, kids, kids have been living in the metaverse for a good decade now, Fortnite, Roadblocks, you know, Minecraft. Yeah, I mean, that's, the, that's the one place that worlds. I've seen Gary Vaynerchuk sort of mention it where it actually kind of yeah. makes sense to me a little bit in the sense that you're mm-hmm. buying a lot of digital, uh, you know, goods, whether it's cosmetics for a character in a video game or, you know, if you're exactly. if you're into streaming and you're watching people on Twitch or YouTube that, you know, if you join somebody's community, you get access to these emotes. That's not ownership. It's just the ability to use them as long as you're a quote unquote subscriber. So I guess mm-hmm. this is sort of like taking it kind of to the next level. But Meg, you had mentioned that the, there's a there's a link between this and promo in, in some way. I mean, I, th- I feel like we've sort of covered the basis, and I think we're going to probably go as far into it as we possibly can. How, how then does this relate to promo? Well, when Jeremy and I were first talking, he explained it like this, and I think it's a lot has to do with the collectibles aspect of it, kind of, because think about it like this. LeBron James goes, makes this awesome, you know, basket or whatever he does, and they snap <laughs> this picture, Okay. And then it's like almost like a, an autograph, right? It's like an autograph and then he can, he can sell them and he can make four of them and sell them, okay? And then he makes it for that set price. But with that set price, he's gonna get the meet and greets. You're gonna get the swag. You're gonna get all this. Now, let's say he sold it at $1,000. I'm just using it because it's an easy number. Um, but then he can say, all right, well, every time that's resold, I'm also gonna make 10% of the profit. So let's say that one now is resold for 10,000. He's gonna make 10% on that. And then another like a million, he will continue to make money on that. So when I, I've been looking into this, obviously, because VJ is big into the crypto world and I, I hear it a lot and I'm like, and he's like, oh, you should, you should get into this. And I'm like, I, I want to, I just, I understand crypto and I understand promo. I just can't, I was literally just, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't put it together. And I, I called Jeremy, we had like a couple brainstorming sessions and he really explained it. And I see what he's doing on social media. Um, Lincoln Park just came out. They are doing about 500 of these special tokens too. And I feel like in that space is where we can come in. And I know Jeremy had some shooting it all over the place on, on Twitter. I want to hear his ideas because he's, yeah. he's, he's why we're here. Uh, not the expert, but I think again, it, it's, it's so new. It, we're not native to this like metaverse. So like everything takes forever for me to learn whereas these younger kids are going to be able to absorb it more i'm studying and watching videos and listening to disc like discord i don't know if you've ever been on discord Mm -hmm. i i get a headache on discord i don't even know where to start i feel old and moldy of like how do millions of people live on here and communicate it's like chat rooms in the late 90s but on crack like there's so much going on so That's Jeremy, funny. I'm just I feel like I'm just wondering if you really if you think about <clears throat> the the tide of promo, I think about your business, I think about someone like Johnny Cupcakes, you yes, know, where he's yes. got like a following and a brand and an icon. And I feel like the way he does his pop-up style to sell promo, he would be like a perfect person to jump into like NFT space, right? hundred percent. So I've seen him in these rooms. And I've seen a few blogs that he's posted. He's not jumping in yet because he's like, I don't understand it. I want to know more. He is the ideal guy for that. So in comparison, uh, the hundreds streetwear brand, they mm-hmm. are right now the, the, the biggest growing community with NFTs. So Bobby hundreds he's always done a great job of building their fan base, you know, his clo- his streetwear brand, his fan 20 years plus. So parents and kids are now part of their brand. Well, he, I've within the last year, when I first found out about all this, Bobby was on these, these uh, clubhouses or Twitter spaces and just listening, just trying to f- find out about it. So he just recently launched, over the last 20 years, his icon is the atom bomb. It's just, I'm sure everyone's seen it. It's just a little bomb with the smiley face and the wick is coming out. Well, he's done thousands, tens of thousands of renditions of that, of pop culture, of, you know, rappers, all kinds of things. Well, for him, 
he already had the community. He found out that his audience w- w- was getting into the NFT in crypto space. And so his project is crushing it right now because he's already had the community. So people think is, well, that's not art or just slapping a JPEG, you're going to become a millionaire. It's further from the truth. One, it's going to be oversaturated. Two, it's not sustainable. If you don't have the infrastructure to support the community, Mm. one image isn't enough. You know, some people are getting lucky and people are buying things that they like, but on the business side for the clothing brand, it's an ideal space. So now Bobby, if you own their atom bombs, they sold out all 10,000 unique images. And what's cool about his is not computer generated like Board 8 Yacht Club, you know, Crypto Kitties, Crypto Punks. Those are all generated by computers randomly. Bobby's, they actually designed everyone. So everyone is a unique entity, IP that they own. Below that, now that you're becoming a part of the community, you get their drops, their collections, you get exclusive access to them, 20% off every purchase forever because you're a part of this community. So they had the physical, they're coming into the meta, but then they're they're crossing them over. It's just a way for them to, to connect directly to their, their audience and to to build their ip so johnny cupcakes will be getting in this within the next six months 100 percent. i think he's just trying to learn but that's where disney and um i mean any cartoon in the 80s that has nostalgia my little ponies every one of those needs to get into the nft space not just because it's a fad and you know, everyone's going to be a millionaire. It's just more of the intellectual property and allowing, it's almost like Kickstarter without, it's like Kickstarter, but you own part of that entity. So people are using it to fund their businesses. The only, the only other big question I guess I, I have is, you know, when you attach physical things to the NFT through the metadata, like, you know, for example, a Rolling Stone's tongue, you get into the concert, well, let's say they're gone. Like, you know, or you'd yeah, have the sleeping for good. Um, like the sleeping for good. Like, let's say someone buys it and then 20 years later, someone sells it. Do, you know, are they still entitled to a kit of promo, you know, or does that person have to wrangle up their stuff and send it to them because it's now theirs? Or is there any thoughts on how that stuff translates to the sell or, you know, like, yeah. how is that? Yeah, so I think it, the it being unique, you can make it whatever you want. So, so once you own it, you can change it again. Yeah. Um, so let's say gotcha, you okay. you sell that NFT and there's something physical really attached to it. Well, you find out that someone sells it, but they don't get the merch; they just get the collectible. Well, it's up to the owner of the NFT or the the creator of the NFT. They could say. Now this, they can track, they can see publicly who owns this now. And they can be like, hey, this is part of my community. I've been seeing them active. I'm just going to gift them that because they now own the NFT. It's not guaranteed. And that's, I think that's going to be the learning curve. People are going to have to read that metadata to Mm -hmm. see what's included. With Gary Vee and as Meg was saying, when you resell that, he's building it knowing that it's, it's going to create value and people are going to just flip it just for the flipping aspect. They could care less about the art. They just want to get rich quick. Well, that next person, he gets a percentage of selling that. So it, it's saying, don't sell it. There's value in keeping it. But if you do sell it, I'm taking a cut. But then Gary's also giving a percentage back to charity when you sell it. So on this fundraising, on this fundraising aspect, you could set it up to where, let's say you partner with a celebrity and they're part of that NFT. And anytime that exclusive NFT gets sold, you can say whatever they sell it for, 10%, 20% will go back to the charity forever. So it's this ongoing 
fundraising thing. But again, at the end of the day, you have to create brand. You have to create a community mm-hmm. or it is just a JPEG. It has no value. Just like if I were to draw something right now, there's probably not a whole lot of value in it. But if I'm creating a space, let's say in the, in the music world, band t-shirts used to be that badge of honor that I went to that concert. The t-shirt, you couldn't get that anywhere else. There was no hot topic in online. You had to go to the concert or someone that you knew had to go to the concert to get that t-shirt. Well, selling online now in digital commerce has kind of muddied that where you don't even have to go to the concert. You can buy the t-shirt. So there's really no exclusivity there. Coming into the web three where it's going back to the creators being in charge. If they sell their NFT, the only way to get this limited edition Justin Bieber shirt is to buy the NFT. No online retailer, no licensor, licensee, whatever can replicate this. So again, it brings that, hey, I was there. You know, people are like, yeah, I went to this, you know, Led Zeppelin concert in 75. Did you? How, how can you prove that? Did you save the ticket stub? How do you know that? Well, on the blockchain, you're going to be able to have that ledger of you were there. One, it can bring, it could be that conversation start of that. You can look at someone else's wallet. So you can go look at anybody's wallet. That's the thing. Anybody. Like, so uh, Snoop Dogg, I think he was going under a special name. I'm sure BJ will put it in the comments in a second, but nobody knew it was him, but you could see that he was buying millions of dollars worth of NFTs. And it finally came out that it was Snoop Dogg. So that's, what's really big right now. You're going to start seeing this on the celebrities and the athletes that you follow. They're changing their pictures on Twitter to kind of brag that they're now into the space because it's hot. Right. So you have the celebrities, you have the athletes. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but this is the first time I've ever changed my profile pic on Twitter. And I changed it to this, this little gem right here. Um, so wait, there was something else. The thing about Discord and the younger generation, like this is literally like the language that they're speaking. I've heard VJ yeah. say it like a thousand times. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I had my niece over and she was like, yeah, I was on Discord the other day. And I'm, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so I was the last person to get a DVD player. I'm just going to put that out there. So I don't jump on this stuff. I'm like literally the last person. But <laughs> right now, it's starting to go mainstream. So if the celebrities are yeah. doing it, the athletes are doing it, then you're going to have the collegiate market. You're going to have that high school market. You're going to have the people that are buying into this, buying into these NFTs. It's going to be what's popular, what's trending, right? And right now they just released that you NFTs and TikTok, there's something, there's some merger going yeah. on. So it's going to only bring it more mainstream. I mean, I feel like that's the yep. biggest platform right now um, when it comes to marketing. And if you're not on it, then you're really missing out. So here's um, an oh, example real okay, quick. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, just, I have one last thing to say, but I'll say at the end. It's so going into the TikTok space. So think about all the memes that we use on on Twitter or social media. So what was that? Uh, Nyan cat? Nyan? Uh, where it's that cat Pop-Tart and it's... Uh, yeah, the rainbow. I was just telling yeah. Meg about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's an example. If that was created on the blockchain as an NFT, just like IP and trademark infringement, you can't use anyone's song unless it's authorized on social media. They'll block you. So like I posted TikTok the other day and I I used a version that I bought that was karaoke version of a song, which should give me the rights, but they flagged it because it sounded like the original song. And they flagged that they wouldn't show it. Well, think about how many times that meme, that Pop-Tart cat, Nyan cat was used. The owner, if, was, if it was an NFT, could have gotten paid for every use or you would have to pay in order to use it. So since then, they have now sold that NFT for a few million dollars. So whoever owns it now, they are now the they can collect royalties or cease and desist if you're using their meme unauthorized so going into tiktok they are wanting to create an nft for addison ray or charlie d'amelio her dance or whatever her video and turning that video into nft 
to show authenticity and to eventually be able to collect royalties from that. Right now, there's really no way to track that. The, you know, the litigation that would be involved for the creator of that meme to actually get paid would be crazy. But on the blockchain, they can actually prove that they created it. They minted it. Minted it is what Meg just did, is taking that digital asset, authenticating it on the blockchain for, for sale as an NFT. So now, if anytime someone wants to use that, especially as a major yeah, media- We've, we've yeah. lost a lot of people. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm following him. Well, I'm, I'm totally on this. It's I got confusing. It. It, it really is. And that's, I think, just conver- having a conversation about it is going to be a way that people are going to learn because it is so unnatural. Like, I feel dumb trying to learn this stuff and all the new terminology that goes with it. The whole, and again, NFTs are a small part of the crypto space. The, yeah. the decentralization is the big, big thing that is is a part of this whole thing. The crypto- See, that, that I kind of see is where the problem is too, though, because how, how are you going to enforce copyright or anything like that if it's decentralized and there's nobody there to police it? Well, there is. The and this is a whole other conversation. It. I know we're, it's like, we're already past time. Like, oh, we don't have time for any of that. But I mean, honestly, like it, it's, it all needed to be covered because I, I feel like it, there's so much that it is so unknown to people. It's good. Um, and you know, but I feel like that's, that's a question I would like to get answered quickly if we can. And then, uh, a follow-up question about, you know, again, how it relates to promo. So the first, the first question, (laughs) sorry, is that for me? You're talking talking about the policing side of it, right? Yeah. So like, if it's, if it's decentralized and there's nobody there to really enforce it, because I think, you know, in order to have, you know, government or whatever enforcing something like that they have to sort of be behind crypto or whatever mm-hmm. else i mean how if if it's not supported by an enforcing body how can you police it well i think it comes down to the community enforces it they can tell yeah everyone that is a part of the the, the space knows if you're the owner or not and Right now, it's, it's such a tight-knit community because they want more people to get involved. More money will get involved. Again, some people just want to get rich. Some people, artists, want to connect with new people. And a lot of it is just trying to learn. The NFT is, again, the vehicle to learn about the crypto space because it is very intricate. So the policing. And again, I don't, I'm not a hundred percent on that side of that. I don't know enough about that, but I know that the, the com, it's community driven versus a, 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 a body of a governmental body or a regulatory body that is making all these decisions. It's now the community that becomes the authoritarians, I guess, you know, no, to, and VJ just commented on this too. I don't know if you want to read that. Yeah, I don't, it went away. Oh, but, nice. Um, no, but basically, think of it like this: you, you, Charlie D'Amelio, right? Big TikTok star. I could literally dress like her and nail that dance, which will never happen, and go out there and be like, "Yeah, look at me." But TikTok won't believe that. They are going to call me out. They're going to, they're going to know that I am not her, right? But in that same, in that same breath. She does that dance, right? And that's her dance on TikTok. And that becomes a trend. And now everybody on TikTok is now doing that trend. She could literally turn that into an that's NFT. That's the thing that I'm saying, though, is that with, yeah. it, and maybe I'm still stuck in the past or whatever, but when you're referring to like emotes or those, you know, the graphics or whatever it is that you're trying to use, like I'm not putting that out there or using it in a sense that, hey, I'm the owner of this or I'm trying to sell this. I'm putting it out there as, hey, I'm using this little rainbow kitty cat flying across the screen as my emote. Like that's how I'm communicating. So well, that's the thing. It's it's not yours to use. It's you didn't create that. So there's the two ways is you can pay for the rights to use it or you're going to get shut down. And just like, in, again, Instagram shuts down if you use music in your video, if you use their their meme or their video without authorization then they're just going to shut you down not that you're going to get sued i'm sure there'll be some of that but you just won't be able to use it unless you either pay to use it or you you can prove ownership of it yeah and I so think- it really it really gives it gives power back to the creator versus whoever you know 
whatever corporation decides to monetize that. Um, it, it, it gives authority to anyone who mints it and adds it to the blockchain. And a, I would love to know if AJ, like, are we doing a good job <laughs> of, <laughs> of explaining yeah, this? And yeah, VJ mentioned uh, that they said it can be enforced automatically by smart contracts. It can be coded directly into the NFT as far as enforcing. Um, so that, yeah. So, okay. So that polices itself, which is even crazier mm -hmm. of yeah. shutting it down. And maybe we should go on a Twitter space after this, Meg, and, yeah. and see if people want to talk about it just because it's, it. It, it's a lot to unpack. It really is. And I mean, I just, um, I don't even think there's enough people that know, you know, necessarily how, how cryptocurrency works, let alone yeah. getting into something that is bought and paid for and used by cryptocurrency. I mean, I think that's the the part that it's, it's almost too far. It's too far ahead without enough people having gotten into the previous yeah. thing first. Um, and I think that's where it's losing a lot of people. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm, and I think I'm, for our space, we need to learn it because the more we know about it, the more we can help our customers be able to utilize this. If they have a community, if they have a network, and how can they use NFTs and then physical, just like a merchandise, we're trying to integrate it into digital marketing. How can we use the NFT space and the our clients? that are creating this IP mixed with physical tangible products because it's not going to really replace the it. I was trying to get to Jeremy before was Sorry. You know, how does this relate to <laughs> promo? Because honestly, uh, you know, it's, it is a, a promotional products podcast and we want to make sure I know. <laughs> whatever we're talking about sort of relates to that. So yes. um, the question really is, so are we then just promoting NFTs to our customers as a distributor to then create an NFT to help them get into that space? Are we just educating them? Are we then creating them for them and learning how to put them on OpenSea and all that good stuff? I mean, how, how exactly does it relate? And then we can sort of wrap things up. There's there's a, always a beginning entry level. You have to learn about it before you can educate it, right? But a lot of these distributors yeah. that I work with have celebrities have athletes have whole damn baseball teams as their clients like these are the people mm -hmm. that would want to utilize this first that could really take it to the next level and then the more people that are using it the the less complicated it's going to be right now i think that's what's keeping this from really blowing up is the complication level like vj had to sit with me and i'm like i had to go through metamask and and open c and do everything step by step and i was like i don't need, i don't even know like this is really it's complicated, complicated. But he told me like they are in the process of making it less complicated. So I really think when that happens, it's going to blow up. But think about it. 2009, we were all trying to jump on that QR code, that QR code life. And it really never took off. It was because it was just someone had to actually download an app to use it. Now, all you do is hold your camera up to it and it scans right to a website, right? Super easy. People don't have to download stuff on their phone. It just goes right to it. Ultimately, when I think it becomes that easy, it's going to really take off. But when you want to, you want to be an early adapter. And that's why we're trying to bring this to the forefront and have these conversations now. And what we did, I want to definitely give props to the, um, the designer who did this for us. But now the industry insider. Angelo, my boy. Thank you, Angelo. You did an amazing job. Now the industry insider has the very first promo punk, not crypto punk, NFT <laughs> in this space. And it is up for sale on OpenSea and 100% of those proceeds will go to the Sleep In For Good movement and it, and it goes to NAMI. So just- Jeff, I'm just thinking from a distributor's perspective, um, I was kind of racking my brain the whole time as well, trying to tie it to promo, but I think it could just create a new uh, distribution channel for, for product and the metadata side. I, I can see that being like the yes. first ground level area where- if a customer, especially in the tech space or, you know, has that appeal, goes and tries to do NFT stuff, I can then as a salesperson say, well, why don't we attach some product on the metadata side or something like that? I think that that could probably be the entry level. And that's the part yeah. that I'm racking my brain with, though, because yeah. if you're if you're buying the, the NFT in order to get all the tangible goes, stuff. Tries to do NFT stuff. I can then say, I'm trying, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying. I tried Meg to reply Erber. and it just came up and I'm like, ah, sorry. Meg sorry. Erber. Yeah. Very so <laughs> ultimately like, you know, if, if you're buying the NFT in order to get access to all of the tangible goods, 
are you really buying the NFT then? Or are you buying the tangible goods? Like that's the part that I, I, I don't understand. I, I'm, I'm lost in there. You know what I mean? It's like so, baseball card. Look, it is 1250. Yeah. Sorry guys. <laughs> I apologize. It's not your fault, man. It's all good. It's gone, but I understand that there's a lot to wrap our heads around and we've probably done very little to help. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I think hopefully we, uh, Jeremy, you've done a good job of at least explaining what it is and under, you know, helping people sort of get that initial um, you know, idea of what's out there and what needs to be talked about, because it, it, obviously there is something there. And so it's a matter of, you know, how are people going to be able to utilize that or bring it into the next space? And I think, er, you know, being an early adopter of anything uh, is really the best way to, to make something, you know, fruitful uh, down the road. So um, hopefully it was helpful for the, uh, for the audience, but ultimately uh, the conversation and this podcast was brought to you by our good friends over at Tervis. Uh, and they added stainless steel uh, or stainless to their, their well-established line about two years ago. Uh, and with the goal of being better than co the competition by utilizing that uh, state-of-the-art custom 360 UV uh, degree UV printing uh, that Meg has on that beautiful turvis that she's got there. Available in four different sizes, a 12 ounce, 20 ounce, 30 ounce, and also a 24 ounce water bottle. And now they're available in 24, 30 or 40 ounce wide mouth bottles. Um, they've got a, a five year warranty on them. They're 18, eight copper lined vacuum insulated. They keep your drinks hot for, uh, eight hours and they keep your drinks cold for 24 hours. Pretty awesome stuff. Go check them out at tervispromos.com and uh, let them know the industry insiders and the promo punks, uh, now as we're going to be coined, uh, sent you over there, Jeremy, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. And, Thanks, uh, guys. you clearly have a hey, much better idea of what's happening with these things than, than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> again some is better than none it really is unique so just starting i think you know getting past that initial just just difficulty of wrapping your head around everything again nft crypto blockchain decentralization it's all new so again the the sooner you start the faster you're gonna you're gonna learn about it yeah absolutely all right well thank you guys so much uh meg steven anything else to add or ready to wrap it up Tap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We're going to tap out for now. <laughs> All right, guys, join us next week for another uh, episode of Industry Insider. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.